Welcome back, everybody. Winners Win Podcast. Closing out 2022. Episode 30. Got a lot to talk about. A lot of games today. Eagles looking to close out. Number one seed tomorrow against New Orleans. A little banged up. And my favorite, Philadelphia 76ers. I want to start with just a little recap. Eagles-Dallas. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I think first and foremost, when I look back at that game, I've had a few days to digest it. I I don't take much from the game. I really don't. I don't take a ton from that game. To me, it's the second time you play them. You're missing your quarterback, possible MVP of the league. You lose Lane. You lose Avante Maddox early. You turn it over four times. You're on the road. They have a little bit more to play for. And you, and you have a chance to win on the last drive. And really, in control, a lot of the game. If not for a few turnovers and a third and 30, really if not for a third and 30 that was completed, you probably win the game. And I could argue if Jalen Hurts, you know, people will say, well, Minshew put up 34 or whatever. Well, he put up 27. And and, and this is not a, a, a shot at Minshew, but put up 27 because they had the pick six. And I think if Hertz has the ball on that last drive, he might score. He's shown you he can do that before. He can beat you with his legs. I thought there were opportunities for Minshew to take off, and he just doesn't have the ability to. But but I thought I thought he was really effective. You know, he hasn't played football in over a year. What more can you ask? He moved the ball. He scored points. He got. I thought he got the ball out quick. I'm really impressed with how quick he gets it out. He's got a pretty nice ball. I mean, at, at times there's probably some he would like to have back, but that just comes with reps. But I, th- I think he's got a pretty nice t- ball. He has some nice touch. And I thought he was moving the ball well on that last drive. And then he spikes it on first down, which I didn't love, but then he started going to the end zone. I thought he had time to pick up more yardage, get a little closer before that. They were kind of playing a, a soft shell in the secondary and not didn't want to get beat over the top. I thought there was there was room to... I mean, the, the catch Devontae Smith makes, and we'll talk about him in a minute, on that last drive is incredible. He climbs up and gets it, but the middle was open. So I think there were opportunities. So I, I don't take much from the game. To talk about Devontae Smith, what an incredible second year he's having. Over 1,000 yards receiving now. The kid doesn't look like much body-wise, but stronger than he looks. Runs good routes. 
has great hand-eye coordination, uh, great footwork, gets works the sidelines well, so athletic, strong. It's not much he can't do. So I know, you know, I know a lot of people wish we had Parsons, but it's hard for me to complain about Devontae Smith. I mean, what an incredible number two to have aside A.J. Brown. Really compliments A.J. Brown well, too. Does a lot of things that A.J. doesn't do. Kind of works over the middle. I just, I just really like him. Really been impressed by him. So I think there were a lot of good things to take away from the game. But there are some concerns. And moving forward here, I, I do have some concerns. So number one, you know, I, I've always been one to criticize big play Slay. And I think once again, he, he was exposed a little bit last weekend. I think he's been terrible. And the reason I know he's been ter- terrible is because finally the media has decided to say how terrible he's been. Seth Joyner and the some of the crew that does the stream post-game online says, oh, since week nine, he's been atrocious, he's been a liability. Stuff that I've said for years. I think the guy's overrated. He's a career Detroit Lion. Besides the, the Vikings game this year where he was really good, I don't... He's got three picks. I mean, I don't think the guy's been that great since. Kind of threw his teammate under the bus after the game by saying, oh, I don't want to point any fingers by basically pointing fingers, saying people have to do their job. And look, I don't know. The third and 30, is, is he playing underneath? And Scott's supposed to get over top? I mean, Scott's terrible, but... Look, Slay, you're, you're, you're the pro bowler. You're the captain. It's third and 30. Get off the field. Make sure your team gets off the field. It's, it's a disgrace. So I think I think he's a guy that could get exposed in the postseason as well. I think the guy is, like I said, highly overrated and incompetent when you need him most. Look, losing Avante Maddox is huge. He came out running around all over the field. He did miss a sack on, on Dak, but he was he was kind of explosive to start that game and lose him for an indefinite amount of time, which isn't great when Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, I know Johnson, I know he's coming back, but I don't know how effective he'll be being out. And this Scott's brutal. So we don't have a ton of depth. So, so I think, you know, we need to get him back. That's a big loss. And obviously Lane, I mean, you can't, you can't account for how big he is. I mean, he's just, he's so tough and he's so good. And the good news is he's going to play again in the postseason, but will he be as effective? I guess he'll be better than anyone that could play instead of him. But will he be able to get through those games? I mean, it seems like a painful injury. So it's just, it just overall was not a good night. And look, he gave up 40 points, right? So anytime you give up 40 I think there's cause for concern. I know the NFL's week to week. I don't think they do that at the link, but still something to consider. Dak seems to own this team. He doesn't own many other people, but I think he's thrown 10 picks now in six games, but seems to play really well against the Eagles. We seem to let him out, let him get third downs, let him escape, and then his confidence seems to grow as the game goes on. He really likes to play the Eagles, it looks like, and has some favorite targets. CeeDee Lamb just ate us up. Took us too long to adjust to what they were doing with him in the slot. 
So I think there's I think there's things I'm worried about moving forward. You know, I hate they added this extra game. So it seems like this season's just forever, doesn't it? It just seems like things if I think back to that Minnesota Monday night game, I mean that seems like a lifetime ago. I mean this season just seems so long. And maybe it's because they've been so good all year and they've been so far ahead, but it just seems like we're 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 uh, crawling to the finish line and only bad things can happen. Injuries. You know, now we have to win one of these last two games. Looks like Jalen won't play again tomorrow. Obviously no Lane, no Maddox. Miles Sanders, who has a little bit of a knee issue and starting to suffer from fumbleitis again. I mean, it just seems like things are not going in a in a positive direction here. And still three weeks out from a, a meaningful game. Not not that they're not meaningful because you still have to get home field, but an actual like life or death situation. I mean, this team's been in the playoffs now. It's been pretty obvious for a while. And you have to play your starters because you don't want them to get rusty, and you have to play your starters because you still have to win a game. And so I heard a lot of people say how that Dallas game didn't mean anything. Oh, this game's meaningless. And I understand the, the point. It's meaningless, meaning we didn't need it. Well, we did need it, though. That, that's, I guess that's the thing that I'm having a hard time with. We did need it. We don't have anything locked up. They're on our they're they're right on our tail. San Francisco and Minnesota are right on our tail, and there's no room for error. Now, I think they'll beat the Saints tomorrow, but the Saints really need the game. They're playing a little better. They need the game because that division's terrible and they can still sneak in, I believe. If they win out and Tampa loses out, or if Tampa maybe loses one and Carolina loses one, I have to look at it. But I think I think they're still alive. So it wasn't completely meaningless because, number one, you still need the game. You have to lock up home field. I mean, that's a goal that you have to accomplish, and they have not yet accomplished it. And, and you don't want to go down that road where you need that Giants game because it's going to be Jalen's first game back. you got to play all the starters again the whole game. More chance for injury. I mean, you want to get this thing over tomorrow. You'd like to have gotten it over last week. So it wasn't meaningless. It really wasn't meaningless. And my concern is, you know, I hate that Jalen got hurt. He was playing so well. He was, to me, he was the MVP. He's probably not now. It's probably Mahomes, but or Barrow. I guess you could argue one of the two. But I just, I just kind of hate how it's ending because you're going to play the Saints. Let's say they win. They're probably then they're going to play the Giants and probably not play anyone. Then they're going to have a bye, so they're going to be off. And then they're going to come back. And so you're talking about three weeks from now, it'll be Jalen's first game back unless they play him some snaps against the Giants. I, I, it's, it's tough because if he gets hurt, it's a lot of criticism to say that game was really meaningless. So I don't know what they'll do, but it could be Jalen's first game back. There's going to be some cohesiveness issues where it's Lane's first game back. And they're going to have to ramp up maybe against a Dallas team who's rolling and I'm not scared of Dallas. I mean, look, bring them on. I, if we're healthy and it's at the link, I'm, I'm fine with that. But they'll be rolling, and Dak plays really good against us. And I don't know that we'll be gelling kind of together at that moment the way that we should be. 
And then if they get through that game, they're going to have to probably play, it looks like, maybe a San Fran team that this team doesn't lose and doesn't really even play in many close games. This team just whacks people now. I mean, this Purdy, I don't know what he would do with the link, but I don't know how much he'd have to do. He's been great. Their defense is really good. You're going to have to play Parsons and Bosa two weeks in a row with a banged-up lane. I don't know what Hurts' rhythm will be like and his timing. So it's, there's, just, there's just concern. You know, I hate sometimes getting this far out ahead. It's almost better to be in a San Fran position. Look, you want the bye because you only have to win two games and you're in the Super Bowl. One game and you're in the NFC Championship and you're at home, no doubt. But sometimes when you're as far ahead as they, far ahead as they have been, it's only bad things can come from these remaining games. And you saw that with Dallas. I hope we don't see it again with the Saints, and I hope that the Giants game isn't necessary. But I, but I you know I have, it's a shame because when you're 13 and two, you shouldn't really have to be worried at this point in the season. And you shouldn't have to, you know, worried's the wrong word. You shouldn't have to even be thinking about it. You should be just gearing up for what's to come. And you're still playing in a meaningful game. You're still playing in a must-win game tomorrow. And you have injuries. And the teams you're playing stink. I mean, really, starting with that Bears game, it's just been a nightmare getting through these games. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully they win tomorrow. I, I think they're even though banged up at home, capable of beating that team. And then hopefully we can rest a little bit. Maybe we get Jalen a few reps, a series or two, rest, rest for the bye, and then let's gear up. And look, Dallas and San Fran, that's not a lock. I mean, anything could happen. Dallas may have to go to Tampa. Tampa's not, Tampa kind of stinks, but I don't know. Could Brady win a home game against Dallas in the playoffs? Possibly, if things went well. Giants, Redskins, both of them may get in. I mean, we'll see how it plays out. Could they beat a Minnesota or San Fran? I don't think so. Maybe a Minnesota. Could Minnesota beat a San Fran at home? I don't know. Maybe. So there's a lot of things that have to play out. Maybe it lines up better for the Eagles than, than that. But I was just going worst case scenario. You have all these meat kind of games that are uh, dealing with injuries and then come back and it's bam, Dallas, San Fran. Whoa. You know, it just kind of hits you. So hopefully maybe that doesn't happen and it lines up a little better. And sometimes it does. Sometimes things line up your way and everything kind of breaks for you and and you get in. So before I move off the Eagles, though, um, one thing I forgot to mention, Quez Watkins. I think next year, and look, it's hard to complain when you're 13 and 2 but I think next year we really have to upgrade that third wide receiver position we have so we have two really good ones I'm not impressed if, if it's not for Quez, Quez Watkins this team could be undefeated I mean against Washington really bad turnover while you're going in probably win that game two times against Dallas lets the guy go over his back out muscle him and just take the ball from him I, I don't like Quez Watkins a little bit he's fast I don't know what the guy does that, that's so impressive. I hear people talk about him. I'm just not impressed. So today, transition to college football. A couple really big games. We have Alabama, Kansas State at 12. 
think Alabama will win that game pretty handedly. But Kansas State's, you know, they're no pushover. I just think Alabama will probably be pissed off they didn't get in the um, college playoff. Although maybe it could go the other way and they're not as hyped up. But then the big games, really the, the real big games, TCU, Michigan, Georgia, Ohio State. Really like Michigan. I think Michigan last year got walloped on national TV in this round against Georgia, coming back, experienced it. Michigan's really good. Although I do like TCU's quarterback, and I think TCU's tough. Lost the last game of their season to Kansas State. I don't know. Do they belong in this game with these teams? We'll find out. I guess you have to ask yourself, they were 12-0, and are they going to lose two in a row? I don't know. It's a good question. Maybe they could hang in and play them tough for a while. I like Michigan to win the game. I don't know if they'll cover, but I think I think Michigan will handle them. Georgia, Ohio State. I like Georgia. I mean, Georgia's just a different animal. You know, they're 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 just grown men at every position, tough, strong. And I think they will they will beat Ohio State and I think you'll have a rematch of last year's playoff game, Michigan, Georgia. And ultimately, I think Georgia will once again. uh... Hear that? That's the sound of a walk-off albatross. A two on a par five to win a two-day golf tournament. That shot happened to me. One in 600 million odds. Since then, people call me Albie. Now, I've told this story so often, my friends can't take it. I'm pretty sure my wife, next time I tell her, she's going to leave me. So I decided to start a podcast to tell the entire world about it. Because it deserves it. It's the craziest shot you've never heard of. And guess what? There's tons more stories like this all around golf. And that's what our podcast is all about. Join me and my fellow degenerates, Panda and Shepard, as we dive into them. Insane bets, crazy what-if scenarios, and all the you-had-to-be-there type moments in golf. Find us wherever you get your podcast. Did I tell you about Malbatross? Handle Michigan and, and be national champion. So that, that would be my pr- projection for this, this playoff. It's going to be fun. It's great that they have it on New Year's Eve. You know, it gives people something to do and watch, the people that don't go out. So um, two really good games. And, and like I said, even some earlier games. Uh, to stay on college football, um, Chip Kelly, just 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 have to bring him up. Plays Pitt yesterday. I mean, UCLA had such a good year. And and to be fair to Chip, he's done a good job turning that that uh, university around in the last few years since he took over. They were pretty dreadful when he took over. Historically, a pretty good school football school, but pretty bad when he took over. But is this guy just the ultimate loser on the biggest stage? I mean. I, I, this guy has not won a bowl game in 10 years. Playing Pitt, I think he was a pretty good favorite. And Pitt's not terrible, but UCLA's been better all year. And just and loses. You know, loses these games 37-35. He, he reminds me of Lincoln Riley in a way that he just doesn't preach any defense. He, the offense does not help the defense at all in the way that they... Um, want to kind of get up and run everything real quick. But just doesn't learn from his... I mean, the biggest thing about Chip Kelly, don't think he's a dumb guy. Doesn't learn from his mistakes. So stubborn in his approach. Never going to change. And it's it's astounding to me because the guy doesn't win anything. You think the guy would go back at the end of the season and reflect. And maybe he does, but doesn't seem to translate. 
and, and lose some of his arrogance and become a little humble and say, you know, I got to change some things. I do know football. I do like my system, but some things have to change because the guy just loses all the time. I mean, the two big games this year, USC, I think he was winning 14 nothing in that game, Saturday night game, and ends up losing, giving up a ton of points, similar to this game. And he's winning this game at halftime as a favorite and loses, 37-35. So just, just certain guys, again, you know, when I started this podcast a year ago, it was all about winners, trying to help people understand what a winner looks like, what a loser looks like. Not getting that conflicted with talent or ability because it's different. And he's one of the losers. He's just a loser. He's just not a guy that understands how to win. He's not a guy that takes accountability and reflects and changes. And it's just funny. It's just the same guys over and over. And we'll see We'll see Monday night in the Rose Bowl with Penn State and James Franklin, another guy who seems like he can't ever win a, win a game that matters. And Utah's a slight favorite, I think, too. I like Utah in that game. Utah's pretty good. They've been pretty good all year. So some exciting college football the next few days. NBA's gearing up. A lot of good NBA uh Lately, Brooklyn Nets have been pretty hot. Sixers were hot, won eight in a row, had a really good homestand, now have lost two in a row. I've been watching a little bit more Sixers just to check in. To me, this team is still a team that's never going to get through the second round. And I hear people get excited. Oh, they're hot. To me, I don't care. I I, I popped my head up in April. And they have, you know, they're, they're as expected. Joel, super talented playing great, scoring 40 a night, people chanting MVP. We'll see if he keeps it up. We'll see if he can stay healthy and play through it. He's going to have to move up in the standings. Not many MVPs win as a five seed, which is what they are today. And I think Brooklyn's the four seed, so they probably have to play Brooklyn, but long way to go. But still a team just doesn't play defense. You know, I watched Jim Harden. He's been a little better as far as he, he gets everybody involved and moves the ball around, but he's, he's not the same guy. Still can't get by anybody. And and just no effort. You know, doesn't have any, doesn't play hard. It turns the ball over a lot. I watched him at least three times last night when I was paying attention where he turned the ball over and then stood there in the backcourt while, the, while they went the other way. Doesn't even look to jog back and help on defense. One of the times he stood there for so long, that New Orleans missed a shot, got an offensive rebound, and he still wasn't in the picture. Can't win like that, right? So when we talk about winners, he's a perfect example. Talented, not as much as he used to be, but super talented guy. I guess he'll make the Hall of Fame. It's so easy in the, easy in the NBA. But not a winner. Not a guy that's ever going to win. And shown that he hasn't, shown that he can't. And so they don't have that on this team. They don't have that that person at that skill set that understands how to win. And until they get it, they'll never go anywhere. So, look, a um, lot, lot of stuff to look forward to. Uh, Want to give my pick of the week here. So, tough card, I got to say. There were some games I liked. 
I kind of liked the Raiders a little bit. I think they were getting six at home against the Niners, but Derek Carr got sidelined, so I think it's up to nine and a half, ten now. Wouldn't go near that. I've won a few in a row now. I'd like to keep the streak going. There's some games that are, eh, like, I think the Eagles will win. Will they cover? I don't know. The game I'm going to go with, there's a lot of games that uh, from average teams trying to get in the playoffs. The Green Bays, Tampa and Carolina, huge game for those teams. New Orleans, I think, needs the game. Like I said, Green Bay needs the game. Obviously, the teams chasing the Eagles need the game. But the, 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 the game I'm going to go with, huge game for both sides. One team is on the outside looking in and has just been really having some tough luck the last few weeks. But back at home against a, a, a Dolphins team that's probably going to be missing Tua or have a banged up Tua, I like the New England Patriots at home. Some lines say two and a half, some lines say three. If you have the two and a half, fine. I personally would bet the money line, just worry about winning the game. It's not too expensive. I think it'll be a good game, meaningful game. I think New England will win that game. Miami going up there, it'll probably be cold. I, although I don't know, it, there's supposed to be a warm front coming in, so maybe it won't be freezing. Probably cold for Miami weather. And New England just knocking at the door, and this is really their last shot. So they probably have to win out. They need this game. It's a playoff game for them. Place will be loud. Like I said, either no Tua or a banged up Tua, or if he plays, how long will he last? And look to, for New England to win that game. And so that'll be my pick of the week. Hopefully we can keep the streak going. I think it's at three. And I'll check in with you guys in the new year. Everybody have a happy new year. And hopefully we can bring some changes to the podcast here uh, in 2023. I'd like to do a little more um, clips, some more video. Uh, like I said, some more guests. Guests are tough because you have to find the right person, the interesting person to talk to. But thinking about maybe just talking to people that I know and we could just have a back and forth about sports. And we'll make some changes and try to improve um, here as we go along. And uh, it's a long process. And thanks, everybody, who listens. I've been really appreciative. My goal was to start a podcast here in 2022, and I accomplished that. There were some ups and downs. There was some moments that you know I wasn't motivated or was frustrated um, and just didn't want to give it up, wanted to see it through. So I think we're at episode 29 or 30. Um, not as many as I wanted to get in for the year, but things came up. So, you know, this, this next year I'd like to do one every week, stay with that cadence on the same day and have a little bit of a different flavor and just continue to build and build and build and just kind of see what happens because I do enjoy it and, um, it's fun. So everyone have a happy new year. We'll talk next year and, uh, some exciting things to come. All right. See everybody.